regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to the Friday edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and I'm glad you've joined us on the program. Uh, here in a couple of minutes, we're going to be talking with Congressman-elect Andrew Clyde from Georgia. A lot of folks have been talking about, uh, you know, Lauren Boebert from Colorado, maybe being the uh, most pro-gun freshman in the incoming class of Congress critters. But I don't know. I think Andrew Clyde is going to give uh, Congresswoman Boebert a run for her money. Uh, Andrew Clyde is the owner of Clyde Armory down in Georgia. That's right. I believe the first gun store owner to be elected to Congress, at least in recent memory. And uh, he'll join us here in just a moment or two. But speaking of uh, gun stores, gun manufacturers, uh, before we get to our interview with Andrew Clyde, i got to let you know about what happened Thursday afternoon in Nevada, where Polymer 80 was raided by ATF agents, apparently over their uh, buy-build-shoot kits, which contain unfinished frames and receivers, uh, as well as the uh, tools necessary to finish those frames and receivers and uh, turn the uh, unfinished gun parts into a finished firearm. Now, Polymer 80 had already received approval by the ATF to sell 80% lowers or 80% receivers and frames, but apparently the ATF argued in a warrant that the company should have submitted these kits to the ATF for approval, even though they don't contain an actual firearm. So what's going on here? We don't have a lot of information. Wall Street Journal uh, reported uh, on the raid uh, Friday morning. Uh, the Truth About Guns received a, a statement from uh, Polymer 80 saying, quote, over the past few years and at the present time, Polymer 80 has had numerous contacts from federal, state, and local law enforcement officials across the country. In each such instance, when properly and lawfully so approached, Polymer 80 has expended uh, best efforts to fully cooperate with law enforcement. When and as appropriate, the company will continue to do so. This practice is consistent with Polymer 80's hard-earned reputation as an industry leader and responsible corporate citizen. Indeed, the company takes its legal obligations seriously, just as it does its treasured and fruitful relationships with its customers and independent dealers. In short... Polymer 80 is committed to discharging all of its responsibilities and duties as to them, as well as vigorously protecting its rights under the law. We will continue to monitor all developments as they arise. As we've been talking about here on uh, Bearing Arms Cam and Company, one of the main areas where gun control activists are hoping that a potential Biden administration will crack down is on so-called ghost guns. And basically what they mean by that are firearms that are assembled from 80% receivers and frames that have then been completed. Uh, and as you know, under federal law, if you are building your own firearm uh, from these parts, they're not required to have the, uh, 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 you know, the, the serial number or things of that nature. You're building this on your own. Well, gun control advocates say this is, this is baloney. This is BS. You're, 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 you've got people who are, you know, buying these uh, gun parts and then they're making guns and they're using them in crimes. And so what the ATF needs to do is they need to redefine what a firearm is to include and encompass frames and receivers that are not completed, that are not finished, that don't meet the statutory definition of a firearm because they don't even meet the statutory definition of a frame or a receiver. Doesn't matter, the gun control groups say. Just do it. Ultimately, they would like it if you could just take a, a, a hunk of aluminum, just a block of aluminum, and say, well, you know what? That could be a gun. 
Better be registered with the government. And we've talked about this crackdown, again, for the past several weeks. It appears as if the ATF not even waiting uh, for the inauguration in January before they begin this crackdown in earnest. So we will continue following what's going on with Polymer 80 as well as the uh, uh, impending crackdown on quote-unquote ghost guns here on this program. In fact, I imagine uh, next time we talk with Congressman-elect Andrew Clyde, he might have a thing or two to say about this very issue. Now, when I had the opportunity to speak with the congressman, this actually took place Thursday afternoon. So this was before uh, public word of the raid had gotten out. So it did not come up in the conversation that we had yesterday. But we did have a great, great discussion about what led him to run for Congress in the first place and what he hopes to do now that he's in office. Take a look and a listen. Well, I am very pleased to welcome to the program right now one of the newest members of Congress, actually Congressman-elect Andrew Clyde from the great state of Georgia. Uh, Representative-elect, thank you so much for coming on the program, sir. Well, thank you very much, Cam. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and to your listeners. This is, I got to tell you, I I wrote about your campaign uh, just before Election Day because I, I honestly, you know, when you've got 435 members or 435 House races, it can be hard for... Uh, any particular race to 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 get national attention. And so I'm up in Virginia and I was getting a lot of Virginia election news. But when I realized that a gun store owner was running for Congress and and was running for Congress um, for some pretty compelling reasons, I thought this is this is amazing. This is great news. Uh, the fact that you were elected, I think, is even better news for gun owners. But but let, let's start with an easy question. What what did make you decide that you wanted to you know, go to the swamp that you wanted to uh, go to Washington, D.C. and try to fix some of the problems that you've seen? Well, Kim, I think it all started back um, in 2013. You know, I've always been um, interested in politics and and I've always been an advocate of conservative values. And I'm I'm a very strict constitutionalist. And and, um, when the Internal Revenue Service came and, and confiscated uh, seized $940,000 from my gun store, then um, uh, that started the ball rolling uh, with me to um, to write some things that had been made wrong. And I realized that our government was out of control and that, um, <clears throat> that individuals really can take the brunt of it. Um, and I was. You know, they confiscated that money from my gun shop and they did it unconstitutionally, wrongfully, through civil asset forfeiture. And I fought them in court. I beat them in court. And then I took my story to um, Congress. I was given the opportunity to testify before Congress. And through that testimony, they created um, a uh, piece of legislation called the Respect Act. And then they named it after the three of us who testified. Um, um, it's called the Clyde Hirsch Towers Respect Act. And it takes away the authority of the Internal Revenue Service to ever confiscate legally earned money, again, through um, civil asset forfeiture. And, uh, and President Trump signed that bill into law on July 1st, 2019. It was a great day. And um, that showed me that one person can really make a difference. And when the opportunity came up, uh, when Congressman Doug Collins decided um, uh, to run for a Senate seat, and our seat in my home district became open, then um, I threw my hat into the ring. I wanted to make a difference. 
And so uh, was that a, was that a tough decision for you, or was that something that you know w- when that opportunity came up, you were you were ready to step up and take advantage? No, it was a very tough decision, actually. You know, I have a, a great, successful business. I was the very last person to throw my hat into the ring. Um, it took me a while to decide that that's what I wanted to do because, um, you know, it was going to be a lot of changes in my life. Um, you know, I'm a, a retired Navy officer, a uh, combat veteran, and I have a great job as a gun store owner and um, love what I do. In fact, uh, you know, the motto of my business, Clyde Armory, is we enable individual participation in the preservation of liberty because I look at um, at gun shops and I, and that's what they do. You know, they're the link between manufacturers uh, and individuals and they, you know, they enable people to um, enjoy their Second Amendment rights. And um, so I wanted to go and defend that and restore some of what, has been lost. Um, well, I have to say, I, I love the fact that somebody with your experience and your background uh, is going to be in Congress because, you know, look, we've got a lot of gun owners in Congress. We have a lot of Second Amendment supporters in Congress. But I, I, I think that you bring, you know, again, years of experience as a gun store owner uh, to the table here. And so I think that you can approach these issues in a way and, and with the wisdom of experience that, uh, that, that maybe some of your colleagues don't have, not that they're bad on the issue, but you're going to be able to bring them information and insight that they simply don't have because they're, they haven't been in your shoes before. And, and you're absolutely right. In fact, um, you know, we've got, uh, I think 42 members of our freshman class on the Republican side or 43 now, maybe um, a couple of races that aren't yet finished, but um but they have already recognized me as the Second Amendment guy. And, uh, and they're like, we're coming to you, Andrew. We're coming to you. And, and, and I appreciate that because um, that's one of the things I want to do is share my knowledge of um, the Second Amendment and the, the related issues of the firearms industry with my colleagues and, and help them uh, understand uh, better where the problems are and how to fix those problems. Will you be reaching across the aisle and, and trying to talk to your Democratic colleagues about this as well? I don't know how many of them be willing to listen, but uh, but will you be making that 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 invite? Will you be extending the hand? Absolutely, I will. I think there's still some uh, Democrats who are pro-Second Amendment, and I think we have that opportunity. I know that um, Congressman Doug Collins, uh, the congressman who I'm replacing, uh, when the Clyde Hirschauer's Respect Act was um, uh, when it came to be in the 116th Congress that Congressman Collins reached across the aisle to uh, Congressman John Lewis, Democrat, and they partnered on in that legislation. And that was, I think, one of the reasons why uh, it passed unanimously in the House and also passed unanimously in the Senate because it was very bipartisan. Um, now, there's not a whole lot of Democrats that are... Um, Pro Second Amendment, but I'm sure I can find at least you know one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you <laughs> can even hey, can. listen. Maybe you can even change some minds. You know, maybe if you can't find right. any right now, maybe a year from now you've got a handful of them. Uh, I, I because I truly do believe that, and I know you do as well. The, the Second Amendment. Look, this is not a right of the right. It's a right of the people to keep and bear arms right. that shall not be infringed. And while I'm a conservative. Uh, and I've, you know, have voted Republican since I was 22 years old. Um, 
I, I can make a democratic argument as to why these gun control laws like, uh, you know, gun bans, magazine bans, things of that nature, red flag laws. I can make an argument that to me, if I were a Democrat, would make sense as to why those things are, are bad. They're not the right way to go. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm hopeful, actually, that we can, you know, start to make some inroads here uh, among Democrats, because, as you say, there are a few out there. I was actually shocked to learn that 10 years ago, a quarter of the Democrats in, in the House of Representatives were A-rated by the NRA in 2010. Twenty five percent of Democrats were A-rated by the NRA in the House. Uh, this last session, there was one uh, and he lost his seat. Colin Peterson, Democrat from Minnesota. So. You know, we do have some work to do as Second Amendment supporters to uh, to to get the bipartisan nature of our right to keep and bear arms uh, where it should be. But I, I think, again, with voices like yours there in Congress, we have a great opportunity to do so. Um, now, I have to ask you as well, you know, it looks like Congress is going to be divided uh, pretty mm-hmm. closely between Republicans and Democrats. It also looks like Joe Biden is going to be the next president of the United States. How concerned are you about Biden's anti-gun agenda about the anti-gun agenda of people like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, uh, and and the both the legislative efforts and then the efforts within, you know, the executive branch, the VA executive orders, administrative actions, to go after our right to keep and bear arms. Well, well, first, Cam, I haven't given up on our president. First, I'll tell you that um, I still think that we have a path, and I'm going to support President Trump. Uh, in that path, in that legal path to victory, I mean, if you see the amount of of uh, fraud out there, in fact, there's a, a hearing going on as we speak right now in the Georgia House, and um, uh, that's talking about all the fraud in Georgia. So I haven't given up on that, but um, uh, but just in case we do end up with a um, with a, a Biden administration, uh, I am very concerned about uh, what he has said. The fact. Um, he would put Beto O'Rourke in charge of his policy. Um, That's just not going to work. Um, You know, if he tries to uh, legislate by executive order and tries to um, take us down a path of um, more censorship and um, more restrictions on uh, gun rights, that's not going to work. That is, you know, it's unconstitutional. In fact, We've got laws on the book right now that are unconstitutional that need to come off. It's not that we need to be more restrictive. We need to be less restrictive. And as a matter of fact, uh, our Second Amendment right is taxed right now. A lot of people don't realize that. But there's an excise tax of 10 or 11 percent, uh, depending upon the type of firearm, um, or $200, depending on, on the type of firearm. And that's unconstitutional. So uh, I will fight against every... Um, attempt to restrict Second Amendment rights. And um, whether it's uh, in, in Congress as my first uh, line of defense or, or assisting the courts as a second line of defense, um, but I am very concerned that any sort of uh, Democrat administration um, will absolutely try and further restrict our Second Amendment rights. And, you know, we need to know that that needs to be made well known to the citizens of this great country. Absolutely. Um, all right. So I've got to ask you, uh, one of your uh, your freshman colleagues, uh, Lauren Bobert from Colorado, made some headlines where she talked about um, how she's going to get her concealed carry license in D.C. She wants to be able to carry. 
Mm-hmm. And within the Capitol itself, I think a lot of people didn't realize this, but going back to 1967, I think it was, uh, Congress said that, uh, well, no, we can carry members of Congress. We can carry in the Capitol building itself, uh, not in the chamber, but in our offices and the hallways. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know that sometimes gun owners don't like to talk about their own personal security plans, but I'm going to go ahead and ask you. Feel free not to answer if you don't want to. But do you have plans to carry in the Capitol and do you have plans to get your concealed carry license in Washington, D.C.? Absolutely. I certainly do. I have my concealed carry license in Georgia. I carry everywhere I go. Um, and, um, so I plan to do the, exactly the same thing in Washington, D.C. In fact, in, um, our freshman introduction videos, they'll ask you a question and, um, uh, what is the first decoration you're going to hang on the wall of your office? And my comment to them was a Colt M4. <laughs> <laughs> And now there will also be a Daniel Defense M4. Of course, okay, Daniel Defense is made in Georgia. Yeah. All right, but there will be both. Mm-hmm. That's yes, fantastic. Sir. I love it. All right, last question. This is going to be a really tough one for you, Congressman. Um, you know, constituent services—that that's always a big part of any representative's job. Uh, are are yes, you ready? Is. Are you ready for your constituents to call your office and say, uh, Congressman, I need help finding ammo. I can't find ammo. <laughs> Oh my word! Yes, I am. I am. I am ready. <laughs> um, in fact, we just um, uh, earlier today we were working on on the the uh, the manning for the the local office here, and and uh, I will tell you that um, my DC office is uh, number five twenty one in the Cannon House office building. I thought that was an appropriate name for a gun dealer. Yeah, right. Know, for the building I was going to be in. <laughs> <laughs> We'll call it the hand cannon office building uh, now that you're there. There you go. Exactly. (laughs) That's great. I'm going to use that. (laughs) Feel free. That one's that one's for free. Uh, Well, listen, Congressman, I I can't thank you enough for spending a few minutes with us. I hope we get a chance to uh, to stay in touch on a a fairly regular basis. I'd love to check in with you and uh, I wish you all the success in the next session of Congress. And uh, and thank you so much again for for joining us on the program and for uh, for working to protect our Second Amendment rights. Well, thank you, Cam. I look forward to uh, the next time we get together. Representative-elect Andrew Clyde from the great state of Georgia joining us here on Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. So there you go. We'll be talking with Congressman-elect Andrew Clyde here uh, before long. We'll, we'll, we'll reach out in the very near future. Right now, let's get to today's Armed Citizen story, our recidivist report, our good deed of the day. I've actually got a twofer for you. Our Armed Citizen story is also our recidivist report. Because of this headline, would-be robber shot inside Maplewood business was wearing ankle monitor from previous robbery. Yeah. If you've already been arrested for one robbery, why? You would think, and you got an ankle monitor on you. You'd you'd think, I'm just going to stay home. Maybe I'll order in. I'm not going to go out and commit. Nope. Maplewood, Missouri. Man shot inside a Maplewood business on Wednesday while reportedly attempting to rob it was wearing an ankle monitor when police found him at the scene. That's according to KMOV in St. Louis. Officials with the Maplewood Police Department said a young man entered a Boost Mobile store after 6 p.m. with a gun, said he was going to rob the place. During the robbery, an employee pulled out their own gun and shot the suspect, 21 years of age. According to police, the suspect was wearing an ankle monitor at the time, having been charged with a previous robbery and released pending trial. So catch and release. No need for a high bond. I'm sure you're not a danger to the community. Go on. Besides, we'll keep track of you with this ankle monitoring device. 
that didn't seem to work out too well. The uh, suspect is hospitalized, expected to undergo multiple surgeries. He's going to be taken into custody and put in jail once he's released from the hospital. The clerk uh, taken to the Maplewood Police Department to be interviewed, but according to KMOV, not expected that he's going to face any charges as it's pretty clear that he was acting in self-defense. Finally today, our good deed of the day. I guess it's the season. Because, boy, there have been a lot of officers saving a lot of families from house fires uh, over the past couple of weeks. We reported earlier in the week on a a story out of uh, uh, the uh, Lawrence, Massachusetts area. This, again, uh, from Massachusetts, Norwell, Massachusetts. This is a different story. I checked. A Norwell police officer helped a family of five escape from their burning home on Thursday morning after he spotted... Smoke and steam coming from the roof. Officer Joseph Esposito was patrolling on duty when he saw the uh, steamer smoke coming off of the roof. He, uh, upon further investigation, realized that there was a fire in the attic space, according to the local police department. Acting Norwell Police Chief Carol Brusick said in a press release that Esposito saw flames coming from the back side of the breezeway of the home. He went to investigate and then started banging on the front door trying to wake folks up. Called for firefighters to respond to the house fire. She said, quote, once the fire was extinguished, it was determined that the fire likely originated in the attic space over the garage and breezeway and burned up into the attic space over the main home. It was found that the fire had been burning in the attic directly over the bedroom where two young children were sleeping. And she said that Esposito's quick thinking is, quote, without question why no one was injured in the house fire. So Officer Joseph Esposito, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. We thank you for your very, very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company, but I want to thank you, as always, for being a part of the program. Uh, don't forget, if you're a VIP Gold Live member or a VIP Gold member, excuse me, for a town hall uh, and any of the affiliated websites, including bearingarms.com, got a live chat for you to uh, check out with Mr. Ed Morrissey and myself. Now, by the time you see this, it'll actually be a replay of the live chat, but it is available on demand for our VIP Gold members. And if you use the promo code LOYALTY, you get 25% off of your VIP Gold membership. So there you go. How about that? Hopefully you'll uh, get a chance to check out Ed and I's conversation as well. We'll be back on Monday with even more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from around the nation. Uh, Don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss a program. We are also available now on Rumble, as well as Amazon Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, townhall.com's podcast page. Lots of places for you to find us. And given that you're listening to me right now, you've already found us somehow, clearly. But spread the word. There's lots of places where you can get the latest Second Amendment news and information. Have a great weekend. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.